Howdy, y'all. What's up, everyone? What's We're up? Back for the same weekly shenanigans fueled by black coffee. That's right. I was I was telling you guys before we started that uh <clears throat> I have a story about the wild Timor coffee that's uh that they that they uh roast in Australia. So mm. um interestingly enough, it has like this caramel chocolate cherry sweetness thing and it has like this hints of citrus and rum so Ooh. i don't know it's 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 pretty good um that sounds good <clears throat> so it's it this coffee is actually from timor so that's why they call it timor wild timor coffee and um it's a natural hybrid i guess over there they have this natural hybrid of uh, uh Ara- arabica and robusta beans and it's only found on timor uh estate um so um, it's, uh, I guess they call it Timorese coffee retain. It, it, so it has like the, both of the qualities of uh, the qualities of both. Um, and it's a very like smooth, uh, velvet type of flavor. It's very smooth, you know, it's, nice. it's really good. Um, but so the story is that, that the founders, so I thought it was like they made it in Australia, but it's not the case. So the founders were soldiers in the Australian army and they were, um, they were deployed over to Timor. Um, and, uh, I guess it was, uh, they were, they were there as comrades, as peacekeepers to help stabilization in the troubled times of that era or whatever. And, um, they developed friendships with these, uh, the villagers, um, in the area. And they were, um, they were really mad at the poor treatment they received, especially at the exploitation. I guess, I guess what happens is, the coffee brokers must come to um, to these places and they must buy coffee and they were offering like way, way under value in um, uh, the coffee for such a quality bean. Right. And uh, so these wild Timor coffee was formed. That's the company. And um, so they go and buy that coffee from Timor at a, at a fair price. Um, and then the green beans um, are shipped back to Australia um nice. and uh they uh yeah it, it's pretty cool i guess there must be i think in melbourne they have their it was where their first cafe wild timor coffee cafe was at um but they they buy the beans from those guys and um yeah they 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 they, they pay a fair price because they were just mad about the fact that these coffee brokers were coming and undercutting them and, and killing yeah. them you know but yeah that's but, awesome uh yeah, it's a pretty cool story, and uh, it's great. delicious coffee. I finally got to drink black. Well, I guess it's not technically. Uh, wait, <laughs> so here's a question. I don't know. Maybe you guys know. If you roast the beans, is that the country of origin, or is it where it's grown? I think uh, it's where it's grown. I think it's where it's grown. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so then technically it's not Australian coffee. It's but it was roasted, roasted in Oz. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, if I'm not like, mistaken, they ship the raw unroasted beans and like the big sacks and then the roasteries yep. do the thing and yeah 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 but. yeah wild that's cool <laughs> looks like ryan got some uh some of that same timor coffee and oh uh, yeah look <laughs> yeah and then ryan uh being in fedex i wanted to chat about this briefly um so <laughs> i'm sure several people outside of us here were affected by um fedex and weather delays at indianapolis i know there's some weather and flooding that's kind of out of control but like shipments held up for like five days so i hope everybody's getting their animals uh 
unstuck finally and things are going. So Ryan, if you can confirm it, we would love a, a morning message of positive encouragement, at least from an inside man saying that the <laughs> cogs on the wheel are at least still turning or at least still on. <laughs> just at least tell us that the wheels are on the vehicle. Yeah, and, come and on, Cox, at least pull the together. lights are on. <laughs> tell, tell us it's going. Give, we need some motivation to because we got animals coming and going. We've got industry to keep moving and that's uh, right. Stimulus checks to be spent and uh, oh, they're spent. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm not talking about me or you. At least yeah. in this household. <laughs> yeah, mine yeah. went straight back into my car. Um, yeah. had to get that stuff fixed, but. You know, I on that note, I hope anybody who's buying and selling and shipping and receiving snakes doesn't have uh, any five day holdups. Yeah, poor Owen. Um, I know, dude. Poor man. So where's so the breaking point? Because I don't know. I don't. You gotta know. track it. Yeah. But <laughs> I guess it's worth sharing the piece of advice that I suggested that he's already like fully on is that his his snake has been stuck in a ship center for four or five days and he's able to pick her up today. The animal will have been without water and proper climate for that five days. So you don't want to warm that animal up right away. You want to gradually get it back up to speed. But what you can certainly do is make sure that it's hydrated and you can gradually warm its body temperature up with lukewarm water. So I suggested just, you know, bring a bottle of water that's like lukewarm or tepid and a Tupperware big enough for that animal to like partially soak in. And he was like, Oh yeah, already on it. And to me, that just seems like, you know, we get animals in at the shop or whatever that'll just have traveled overnight and I hydrate them and soak them and, you know, make sure they're, they're taken care of properly as soon as they're out of that, you know, shipping container. And I can't imagine, I mean, five days, that's a long time. We don't necessarily see our snakes drink water every day, but you got to believe that five days, like that animal's going to be thirsty. Absolutely. Yeah. Lucky for him, it's a rough scale python. It lives <laughs> in the Kimberly. And I'm sure, well, that one didn't live in the Kimberly. I don't know. I, right. I don't know if those same things apply once you're out of, of that, you know, but uh, yeah. yeah. Ryan says the cogs aren't looking so shiny. Christmas, Christmas volume with skeleton crews. Well, at least the cogs are on. That's a win. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll take it. Yeah, that's the thing, man. He's probably in the same problem that I'm at. Nobody wants to work, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, Damn a lot, a lot of people days. are a lot of people are working at home or want to work at home, and yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I feel really lucky. My my uh, blackhead was delayed as well, but luckily only for a day. And when Owen's saying like rough scale's been stuck there for five days, that's just that's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah I've never had that. I've never had that for sure. I've had an extra day hang up, yeah. but I don't think I've ever had anything go over the weekend. Yeah. So fingers yeah. crossed. All those little critters yeah. are all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It, you know, uh, it, it could have not had a drink before it left. <laughs> you know, it, it depends on, yeah. I'm assuming it was probably cared for, you know, decently, but you know, sure. You know. Sure. Yeah, so I think uh, it's just a good tip to mention whether your animal's coming in from one day or one week, you know, mind the hydration factor. Yeah. Especially I for do, certain species. 
I do like when I when I do ship out, I try to make sure that I give it fresh water the day before, just so yeah. that uh, you know, because you especially with Moralia, they just seem to be drawn to uh, oh yeah, fresh cold water. It's like they can you know, tell. Oh sure. oh yeah yeah. So <laughs> yesterday was my big water change day where I go through and disinfect bowls, replace deli cups, and right on cue, as expected, you know those three F one pop wins from 2019 all in their suspended water bowls flooding it. A couple babies. <laughs> this one MIA jungle. She always floods hers when she gets fresh water. Right. Um. Yeah, the the rainbows go drink it right away. The Kribos go drink it right away. So, they certainly know. They definitely. Do you guys know. have any any snakes that just want their water to be dirty? I have um, the blackhead male. Every time I change the water, he scoops yeah. wood chips onto his head, onto the top of his head, and dumps it in the water every time. Without maybe, fail, maybe it gives it. Maybe it's flavor. I don't know. He's making it like a. He's making it like a tannic tea. You know, a lot of yes. outdoor turtle keepers they swear by that. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. He did it at yeah. the shop too, because he was at the vivarium when I was working there for like months before I bought him. And yeah, it's just his thing. Huh. My my mad hogs will uh, occasionally get substrate in their bowl. It was worse when they were in tubs, I'll tell you that. Um, but no, oh, the rainbows do it. My rainbows do it a lot because they like to, you know, submerge a burrow under the ground. And so all the substrate just just goes everywhere. So, yeah. yeah. I can tell you lizards like the shit in their water bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so do yes. false water cobras. <laughs> that is 100% true. Yep. Especially good- water monitors. Yeah, man, if you want to smell some nasty stuff, holy mm, shit. Mm-hmm. And if it's a big, heavy water bowl, have fun not spilling it on yourself. Uh, well, luckily, my uh, life is sur- surrounded by dwarf things, so I'm good. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, little monitor is not so bad, but still stinky. Uh, yeah, 100%. Oh, wow. They're, they're actually, you know what's cool? Uh, the, this observation I noticed last, like the over the weekend is that they're becoming more confident and coming out. Whereas mm-hmm. like they would constantly hide. And like, as soon as you came in, they would scurry around the cage. And now they're sort of like, okay, the big monkey is, uh, usually brings me crickets and eggs and such. So I think I like the big monkey. As long yeah. as he keeps his distance. <laughs> yep. <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> and eventually you'll get to a point where you're hand feeding them and you can you know, like, actually be tactile with them and touch them on the chin and they don't run away from you and yeah yeah it's pretty amazing when they get to that point yeah so but uh but good stuff yeah for sure yeah um i guess we should give a formal announcement that the uh um the monitor keeping podcast with uh alan stevens and uh kai what's his last name fan fan yeah fan okay Mm -hmm. um uh, has officially released, um, I guess, because we kind of like, uh, I don't know, maybe everybody at Apple was celebrating Easter. Who knows? I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> we're still waiting for it to come through. Um, that one says, always takes the longest to get <clears throat> approval for new new feeds, yeah. though. Mm. So that's not unusual. So, But uh, it is up on Spotify, and you can listen to it uh, on um, NPR.com or MurrayPanTheRadio.com if you uh, – uh, want to check it out 
Ah, uh, yeah, Brett got some nice Angolan eggs uh, yesterday. I think. Yeah. yeah. What was the final tally? I know the photograph. There were at least three out initially, and she was, you know, midlay. Yeah, that'll be cool. I, I want to hear about that. And then at the shop, both of our womas have finally laid. The first one laid uh, seven eggs total. Oh, cool! Brett got six. Nice. That's a good. Congratulations. That's a good group. Uh, we we actually added Angolans at the shop. We've got two uh, unrelated female yearlings right now, so okay. those are I get to play with those now. But uh, and then the you other want another one. Um, <laughs> I could throw it in the box. Put it in the box. <laughs> sure. Is it a male? No, it's actually a female. Well, uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, so uh, and then uh, the other Woma dropped 12 eggs they're so, so perfect too they look just they're like huge, the huge <laughs> i don't know clutch. if we've ever have we ever talked about that woma like have we ever talked like what's the what's the story behind that one that real reduced stripey woma yeah she <laughs> was produced by john levy uh my buddy uh michael renault down in la west hills area of add reptiles bought her raised her up bred her at least once and then uh was kind of done with woma so was selling her my boss bought her um when i was like i i saw the post of her up for sale 13 minutes after he posted and i instantly was like grant buy this now 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 don't ask questions i'll tell you later now 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 and uh and he and he did um and so she came in and she was already an adult proven female uh you know got right into the program really easily was clean healthy no issues uh phased right in seamlessly was eating like a horse bread like you know like she was born to do it and mm -hmm. uh i mean dude this snake is phenomenal phenomenal color beautiful orange beautiful light yellow base cream color that reduced almost like a zebra on the side but that it doesn't connect dorsally but it is striped and um i've i think i've sent you a photo or two i can here i'll send you the photo or how do okay. i how, how, how do i share a photo up here you know because i, I want to learn thing, <laughs> see where it says share the little plus yeah hit that Ooh. And it's going to say, you want to share the screen. Okay. Hit that. And then it's going to pop up in a different menu. And then it's mm -hmm. going to give you what you want. To, what do you want to share? And then it should I share. see. I don't have these options. Rip. <laughs> <laughs> Just the intern guest. <laughs> no master controls. Um, let's see if I can pull this up. Oh, let's boy. It's quicker. Whoa. Yeah, what is super vibrant in person. Whenever I'm visiting that's definitely like the second drawer i go to after the black <laughs> <laughs> let's see well anyway this animal is nuts she bred she she will eat your cell phone if you're like too close trying to take a photo like she's she's grabbed my phone um and i've had to take it away from her um so eric what's the what's the best strategy here should i like send you these have it to the computer the... or yeah if you send them yeah send them in a message Whoa. and I'll, I'll 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 share it if you want live programming 
Ah, yes. I thought it would be on your page, but I don't see it unless it's in uploads or something. <sighs> Photos, albums. Let's see. <laughs> uploads. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I'm back. There he is. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Lost signal there for a second. Um, it just looked like you were really intently looking at your at your computer. It was hard to tell you were gone. <laughs> oh. I was like, I was wondering why the silence was. I was looking at Facebook at the photos, and I'm like, why did it go quiet all of a sudden? So I'm, <laughs> I, I'm trying to send the two photos here in the chat, and then what I'll do is just pull it up in the other the window here. So. Let's go back to our share, share screen, Chrome tab, boom. There you go. Can you see it? <clears throat> yep. So, yeah. so that was her right as she finished that last 12th egg. Um, you can see all of them right there in her glory, but she's amazing, man. Yeah. Perfect eggs. Um no problem. She's back on food already. So I also found it interesting what you guys do with the, um, yeah, look at that, man. Yeah. That was her that morning. And I was like, Oh, she's going to lay in 20 minutes. And sure. Sure enough. 20 minutes later, there are three eggs out. And I was like, bingo. Nice. Wow. Um, the, uh, you, you put like, um, that, what is it like poly stuff or stuffing or whatever? Yeah, so the story behind that incubation method is that my boss, uh, he's he's had Womas and Blackheads for years now, and he's he's gotten eggs over the years, well before since I worked for him. And through his trial and error of figuring out how to get them going, what he's done was, uh, yeah, that's funny, girl skin, I like that. <laughs> well done, well done, touche. Hey, he's got more hair than me, so you know you could you could argue something there. Um, what was I saying? Uh, the, the oh yeah, for the eggs. yeah. So so doing the different like um, half buried media, the eggs got too wet, and the whole point of those or those eggs are just notoriously sensitive to any moisture. So uh -huh. his thought process is putting uh, coconut husk bedding down in soaking it really good so it's flooded and then putting polyfill on it because polyfill is a plastic fiber it doesn't wick up the water at all so your water no matter how saturated it is on the bottom will just stay very separated from it so if you have a nice tall enough bin you can have a ton of water have you know all the humidity your eggs need and your eggs will never touch it even if you bury them in this nice cushy polyfill oh, so wow, okay yeah, and it works great. I'm actually doing it for my Kribo eggs right now. Nice. Yeah, I'm not so. Pick them up yeah, hopeful eventual. And you bit. can get a box like a a twenty, you know, quart box or whatever the however it is twenty. I don't think twenty pounds. That would be a lot of polyfill because it's very light. But like a big box for like you know ten bucks. So, um, nice. it's really it's. I mean, if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I know that's just always been, uh, you know, we've talked to various people on NPR and that's something that always sort of comes up is that. Eggs are sensitive. I, I tell you what, man, they're really going to town over there. 
<laughs> Yakis, man, they're they're on fire today. How 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 big are they? Are they big enough to eat grasshoppers yet, or or are large crickets still a big meal for them? Large crickets a big meal, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They they put on a lot of size. They're probably like maybe maybe that long. Nice, maybe about that long. Nice. Yeah. I was just finishing up the uh, the monitor keeping podcast, and Kai was talking about his work with the grasshoppers and and uh, an individual Dean that he works with, and uh, and Dean actually is local to me, and we bought a bunch of grasshoppers from him for the shop, and uh, people love them, and I think later today I'm gonna go get some for the Savannah, but they're something. The females are like three and a half, four inches. They're like massive grasshoppers. Dang. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But really good lizard food. Um, but yeah. yeah, probably the size of your lizards right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess he must. Does he? I guess he must breed them because I see them on his Facebook yes, page does. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does breed them. Uh, he's he and Dean have spent the last few years sort of ironing out what it takes. So, gotcha. Yeah, and they talk about that a little bit in the the Monitor Keeping podcast for all of our viewers and listeners you should definitely go check that out because you know honestly even if you don't keep monitors just trying to get in the mind state of a monitor keeper and think how they think and the perspective they use towards their animals and then just kind of keeping that in the back of your head while you work with some of your snakes just kind of interesting you'll start to see things through slightly different lens and uh just more more food for thought i really enjoy thinking about the monitor level of intelligence and sort of trying to apply it to different animals within reason. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's always that. applicable, you know, like it, any other living creature, you can extract information that's going to be valuable for, for what you're doing too. Oh yeah. Especially yeah. with like the same area, you know, cause natural history is going to, going to be intertwined. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so have you started your dubia colony yet, Eric? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. You'll be glad once you do it, man. Trust me, it's free food. Yeah, it really I, I, is. I have to. I have to kind of research that a bit. I don't really know. Like, um, first of all, I don't know where I would buy a, like the starter to it. I, I don't know who who you would get that from. Um, but uh, I can point you in all the directions you need. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. I can I can set you up with somebody. You could order them online. They can be shipped to you. Yeah, and uh, I can tell you exactly how to set them up. Okay, I'm a, I, from what I've seen. Well, I, sh- I should back this up. Like a long time ago, when I when I had first met Zach Baez, um, mm-hmm. I went to his place and he had um, these uh, Agernia skinks, and mm-hmm. um, those are awesome. Yeah, man, I loved it. He had like this group of them, and he was telling me he's like, "Oh man, these are like little savage monitors," and he was saying how there's like hierarchy in this, and you know, and the cage was like maybe a. 40 breeder like a 40 gallon breeder size tank or whatever that he had all naturalistic and everything and um he just basically uh, you know he had like a, a a tote you know and in the tote he had like uh you know the egg crate or whatever and you know, just threw in whatever vegetables or whatever he had and then you know he's like yeah just take out a few feed them and that's that you know yeah like, Wow. <laughs> yeah. He said you just keep them in your reptile room and you you know like mm-hmm. 80 degrees or something like that. Yeah. So we've got a we've got a spare bathroom at the shop and mm-hmm. we use that as our bug room. So right. we've got some tarantulas raising up in there. Our fruit fly cultures do really well in there. We're pupating our own and breeding our own superworms in there as well as dubia roaches and we set it to about 82 degrees. 
And every week, uh, the roaches get, you know, weekly changeover of food. And every week they get either carrots or uh, like orange slices cut up in there. And that's sort of like their hydration and a lot of nutrients and vitamins. And then we will also throw in um, like a roach food that we blend and make our ourselves at the shop, which is a mixture of you know, various things like eggshell, Missouri, a bunch of different good dry stuff. But the key to their, their, their tub environment is you don't want a bunch of humidity in there. Cause if you, if you spike humidity in there, you get a big die off. Mm, right. And then you want lots of females compared to males. As soon as you have an uneven ratio, your breeding really stops. Really? So yeah. Yeah. Mm. If you have a big colony and all of a sudden you've got 20, 20 males and 20 females your breeding will slow down especially compared to 20 females and like five males Hmm. so uh and then yeah you gotta the nice thing is the males they have wings but they don't fly um i keep mine in a tub with a lid over it but i've cut out the center of the lid and then i've taken some mesh and zip tied it to the top and uh and yeah, the idea is you just keep them warm, you keep them fed, you clean them from time to time as needed, and uh, and they'll produce for you. Oh, Very wow. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you just have to have enough to get a colony kick-started. Um, it's hard to get dubia roaches right now, uh, yeah. especially adults. It's nearly impossible. It's It's expensive. You know, if you're lucky at the right time, some larges will become available and you just buy up a couple cups of larges and just raise them up for a few more weeks and then they'll be breeding. So just depends. Right. So very cool. Yeah. So they're uh, they're a good feeder. They're easy to take care of. They're quiet. Hopefully you don't develop any allergy to their frass because that's a thing. Alan and Kai were talking about that. Um hmm. I've yeah. got a customer at the shop who is allergic to it. So she'll just wear her normal mask that she's been wearing recently for COVID stuff when she's cleaning and taking care of them. Okay. So okay. it's just like her sensitivity, but I know you have asthma. So yeah. Yeah. You know, my dad, my dad has a, basically is, is doing that. So it's kind of like, you know, I guess at some point I'll probably give it a, a whirl myself just so I don't have to drive there all the time. But currently I just go and get shit from him, you know. Well, you know, if that's the case, then just, you know, throw some new cultures into his to keep his going once in a while. And then bring what you need for the week over in a cup and just leave it in the room. Throw right. a carrot slice or two in there and, you know, feed off throughout the week as you need and you'll be groovy. Mm. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, they're they're efficient very efficient yeah. ah bugs <laughs> <laughs> yeah and grasshoppers and roaches and oh we we've got bunches of spiders lucas's favorite oh boy can't wait lucas I'm, <laughs> lucas we had a bunch of baby spiders born i was gonna give you one for free <laughs> for your birthday to help you get over your fear those can stay in sacramento i'm good uh, Appreciate it though. No love. No love. <laughs> nah. No love for the eight legged. Yeah. All right. Oh man. So what's uh what's the ongoings with uh one well, so I wanna hear what's uh, the status with Lucas's Bradley because there's been some developments as of late. And then 
I want to hear if there's any updates about the diamonds there. Ooh, so, uh, currently, uh, I did catch a lock last night. Um, so that was nice. good. Um, they're kind of in the lay box to get, I don't know. They're actually out right now. Getting it, maybe getting a <laughs> midday bask or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna take her out on this show to just show what she looked like, but I don't know. It looks like they're getting about to get frisky. So, Ooh, don't want to interrupt <laughs> that. No, <laughs> I, I don't um, think we have the, uh, the public rating to show that publicly. That, that might be a little, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to save yeah. that for later. <laughs> um, oh man. Well, that's cool. Very cool. So well, what did you guys signs. think of the, uh, Imbricata over in, uh, Oh, I wasn't sure if you Europe. wanted to talk about that or not. Why not? You, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Do we we don't yeah. know what that group what constitutes that group, right? We don't know how many males, how many females. Just No. From what I see, it looks like it's a pair, but I don't know. Right. Could be, could be more, could be less. That is huge. That is incredible. At the yeah. same it sounded time, like it's a also Yeah, it was a confiscation, mm -hmm. but at the same time, think about it. Now whatever founding stock is gonna come from a pair. True. But yeah. that's well, there's already information in the Europe. case, right? That's true. Mm, yeah. We need more. No, I shouldn't say that on the air. I was going to say we need more people to make a poor mistake like that. Just like widen the gene pool a little bit. But that's that's not ethical. And I'm not going to stoop to that level. So yeah, confusion in the chat. Eric, do you want to break it down real quick? Okay. Yeah. So there was a post um, that was on Facebook the other day. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who, who they are, but apparently they're in Germany. Of course, the, uh, the land of the uh, portal. Um, <laughs> the portal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, apparently there was a confiscation of Morelia um, and Bergata. And uh, they, uh, they, they left them with this, uh, this guy and, um, they, I guess the government owns the pair uh, or whatever the, the group is, but um, any of the babies can be uh, can be sold off. And this is how sometimes these um, things make it into the reptile trade legally after the illegal point, I guess. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've been talking. What do you think is going to happen first? Imbricata or Owen Pelly? I guess perhaps you have your answer. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, if it ever, the thing of it over. is, is that there, there, there is already Imbricata in Europe. I mean, they're, they're, they're there, no doubt. Um, so is the trick importing to the States or probably, um, I'm probably maybe, or I, I think I, from, again, I, this is all just thoughts in my head. Maybe they're trickier the breed than, mm. um, you know, uh, people, people, uh, think as, as opposed to like, you know, carp or jungles or coastals or something like that right um i would imagine they would be more in tune with like diamond pythons mm -hmm. if that would my guess i mean they're from the same area just on the west coast instead of the right. east coast yeah um but uh yeah I, I don't know i don't know um i just wish i i hope at some point i i i heard there was a there was a video um um, I'm losing the guys, uh, Wick, uh, not Wicked Wildlife. Um, he's an Australian guy and he talks about Australian wildlife. Um, 
he's got a good channel. He talks about just various things. But anyway, they had a they had a talk the other day about should Australia legalize ex- exportation of captive bred animals. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and that just makes me happy. Yeah, I know, right? And that just makes me happy that, uh, that the discussion's um, even happening. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. So that 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 makes me think that there's hope. There's always hope, man. That's the thing. You know, times are changing always, 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 always. And as things become more desperate and governments try to get creative and find more ways for income, things are bound to change. Old ways are bound to be revisited. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just a way of life. So that's yeah. why I've just, you know, there's no need to panic. It's just you got to stay alive long <laughs> enough because yeah. it's going to take some time. Eat your spinach, also- Eric. Yeah, there's also rumors of uh, Owen Pelly being there. You know, I know I can say for, uh, you know, that they were there Mm -hmm. long before Gavin was doing anything with them. Um, Shit, they were in the U.S. before, you know, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I can tell you they're amazing snakes. I can tell you that. (laughs) Big yeah. snakes, though. You know? Yeah, that, that's I think a good uh, size animal. That's like a a big scrub, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I, I know a lot of people. I wonder if a lot of people are into the Owen Pelly because it's just such a rare animal, or are they into the Owen Pelly because, you know, they really love Owen Pelly. I can say for me and Rob, it's it's because we really love Owen Pelly, you know. Sure, but, and you guys have the connection finding them, you know, like that's genuine. But I think yeah. it's inevitable that there are people who just love it for the rare wow status factor. For of sure, course. yeah, the Bolins effect. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, yeah, they, if and when they do get over here and and somebody's successful, they're going to be expensive as all hell, mm-hmm. and everybody's going to want them for the Instagram feed. So <laughs> that's yeah. inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, that's what I worry about. You know, Mm -hmm. I I worry about that because I think, you know, people will then like just discard them like yesterday's news, you know, it's just, right. eh. So for sure. But uh, the cream rises to the top. Yep. Once all that nonsense, nonsense fades away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love, you know, I mean, just to be able to get locality, um, stock of just, any Australian python mm-hmm. or any Australian reptile for that matter. I think. Yeah. You know, no, I want locality aspidites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they do exist. There's, yeah, there's some. Yeah. there's some. Yeah. I, uh, I know one in particular that I'm going to be hounding really hard this season, but <laughs> we'll see. You know, yeah. <laughs> I've been, I, I've been talking to him since I think, uh, let's say 2015 about that. <laughs> yeah. I think he said it's been about nine years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, come yeah. on, man. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I think they're ready. Yeah. But hopefully. Oh man. Yeah. That would be uh that would be amazing to uh to be yeah, I know Dennis uh that they were on the list, and you know, I know Gavin is sort of working on trying to uh figure out a way to get them to zoos. Shit, man, even if they get them in a zoo, you know, I would be happy with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, go just see to be able person. to go and see them, you know. For sure. But Amazing snakes, man. Really, really cool snakes. So I just did, uh, we just recorded uh, the, I've like, I re recorded some of my parts for the Herpin podcast. And uh, so I thought we were like so close to being finished. 
And then Nipper was listening to, you know, me and Phil talking and he's like, somehow he thinks he sounds bad. And I'm just like, what? Have you heard me talk? Like, what are you talking about, man? Like, you're all proper English. And I'm like, no, you're good. And he's like, nah, I want to fix it. I said, hey, man, you want to fix it? Go ahead and fix it. Well, I'll edit it out and change it around. But like telling that Owen Pelly story was just uh, was 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 awesome, man. It made me go back to that uh, time. I don't know. I think uh, I don't know if you guys listened to it yet, but um, it was uh, I don't know. I, I dig it. It's like a story almost uh, type of thing, you know, uh, but this uh, is a new uh, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent it in the, the mm-hmm. I, I edited it like uh, it's like a 20 minute clip mm-hmm. and I put mm-hmm. it in our thing. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, I was pretty That's excited awesome. about it. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear the full thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was like we still have Scott um, Iper's part in it. There's still um, Jacob Rotz from uh, from uh, Hurt Podcast and uh, JLB Morelia. He he's got a part in it when he was oh, bit nice. by Weston Diamondback. Um, oh shoot! <laughs> yeah, talks about what he went through and and the ins and outs of that and a um, couple of stories of Nipper falling off a rock ledge as uh, <laughs> as he was herping, but. Uh, I'm telling you, man, this episode is a little dark to start it with, but, uh, you know, hey, what nice. are you going to do? Can't wait. Uh, yeah, it's good. Good, good. stuff. So, but, uh, so yeah, hopefully as soon as Nipper gets his parts redone, we'll be uh, good to go. Nice. Awesome. More podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm almost at about the limit. Like, I, I don't know if I, <laughs> I bet <laughs> I can yeah. take on anymore at this point. How's but, the Blackhead uh, episode coming along? Oh, dude, I can't wait to do that. Uh, yeah, it's coming <laughs> along good. You know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Maybe we'll have you join us uh, so <laughs> we can have uh, have you geek you, out uh, as well. Yeah, if you want somebody to come nerd out, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that reminds really me, cool I gotta snake. I gotta do some work on Collierbird Corner. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got uh, some things to. Uh, we got some recording to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And I've got another humans of herpticulture lined up later in the month that I'm really excited about. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk to Casey of Zion Hill exotics and she has some incredible Aspidites stuff. So that should be a really fun chat. Yeah. And the sail fins as well. (laughs) Nice. Yep. Looking forward to that one. Yeah. Very, very cool. I'm pretty sure she's purchased a sail fin from Grant in the past. Mm Mm-hmm. One or two, he, even. I know she also has her eyes on the reduced pattern clutch. <laughs> we chat about it. Nice, uh, nice. I I think you know I, I go back and forth with this. I have two point two Walmas, and it's like uh, if I add more Walmas, that's some carpet morph that's gonna get cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta have your carpet morphs. You should just let all those live over here. <laughs> All those site, site B. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be your Isla Sorna. West Coast side. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. E B Morelia, West Coast. Yes. Yeah. I'm West Eric. Yeah. There you go. Warwick. I uh <laughs> yeah, man, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's weird. I, I don't know. I just don't get as excited about those things anymore. I don't I don't know why. I don't no, know I what know. changed. I was I don't know. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it's just so weird. Like you know, when I first, I, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. You know, do you guys get excited about morphs as much? 
I still do. I still have yeah. boxes I want to check, though. That's because, like, I set goals for myself a long time ago that, like, I just yeah. got to see through, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I want to see, yeah. I want to see Exanic Tigers, and then I want to, I want to really make nice ones. I want to see, mm-hmm. uh, what else? You know, albino citrus tigers and whatever else. I definitely want to see that, man. I can't wait till they patch out. Yeah. She's, uh, she's 10 days into her maternal incubation holding like a champ, oh, awesome. dude. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm looking right at her. I like so a few days in after I knew she was good and settled, I lifted the lid off, shoved as much sphagnum moss as I could fit around her without pissing her off, because uh, it's just a little more arid this go around than I think when I did it last time with that jungle. She was just much more packed in, so I tried to mimic that, and then I sprayed it down. And so for a few days, there was some condensation on the side, and now she's just settled in. Water bowls right near the entrance, and hands off, letting it ride. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You want to touch on that a bit? I know people, there was people asking questions and whatnot. I mean, maternal yeah, there was, there was a know. post in, uh, in the NPR, uh, community Facebook page by Andy Simmons. He's letting, uh, he's letting a female jungle do MI for his first go at it. And he was just, you know, throwing, he threw out a beautiful photo of her nicely beehived around, around that clutch. And then it was just basically, you know, generally soliciting any advice and feedback if anybody had any. And I just told him, like, just let it go. Mama knows best. You know, just make sure that uh, – what did I say? Let's pull it up right here. I said, don't stress. Just keep a watchful eye on Mama and just let her ride. Um, and that's really all you got to do. If you're if you're planning ahead of, of time that you're going to do MI and you kind of know the ins and outs of it and you set it up, get it ready to go – to me, it's your your preparation is where your work is, and then mm-hmm. and then it stops once the eggs are laid. Right. right. If you've done it right, you you the work is before the eggs, and it's usually just understanding your cage enclosure, which you've probably got it dialed in. You know, if that animal's been breeding and living in it for a while, so it's understanding that it's having somewhere suitable for her to lay. It's knowing, you know, what to be mindful of, make sure she doesn't lay in the water bowl or that she's got a good thermal gradient or, you know, just giving her options. And then when just making sure that wherever she decides to lay, you're prepared to like, let that, that be right. Leave her alone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing I've been doing is I'm, I'm much more diligent about my humidifier usage this Mm. time. uh, While I've got eggs, you know, just in the cage. I mean, it's a four foot cage, it's an op- a lot of open airspace. Yes, she's mm-hmm. in a tub, a lay box, and the hole is on the side. So any moisture is kind of kept in through that lid. But there's just yeah. a lot more air space at play there. So right. I'm running the humidifier at night to kind of simulate that natural humidity spike when the sun goes down. And then yep. just paying attention to that and making sure it doesn't get crazy. But the thing is, after paying attention to the data from when I did it with my jungle two years ago, they, they allow some fluctuation in the humidity, but, but mm-hmm. they're really good at holding it. I was going to really say really good. I was reading a really interesting paper. Um, I'd, I'd have to track it down to, to recall the author, but it was just completely looking, ignoring thermogenesis, right? We know mm. that during maternal, these snakes are able to generate heat, but just mm-hmm. purely from a, a water loss standpoint, mm-hmm. Just a, a mother being coiled around the clutch is so incredibly effective at preventing water loss. It's unbelievable. Like it almost creates these, moisture. 
Right. I mean, because the egg, right, that's that's a permeable membrane, you know, water and air right. and, and whatnot right. can come in and out. And we worry so much. And well, I shouldn't say we because I've never had eggs yet. But folks worry so much about <laughs> humidity, um, you know, in an egg box. And I think that that really matters because they're completely exposed. But when mm -hmm. you have a mother coiled around controlling that environment, I feel like the ambient humidity is probably not as important because she's preventing all that water loss that would have occurred if she wasn't there. Um, sure. And the paper, you know, was able to prove that it, it was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I always oh. check my clutch too. like I'll pull mom off and just make sure there aren't any eggs that are completely smothered because mm. if the clutch is so big and she can't cover it or like some are just there's no oxygen, you know, you're going to lose that egg probably. Right. Um, so right, there's, right. you know, just things to be mindful of after you get a clutch. And the other thing is you could be as prepared as you want and your female can just go <laughs> and shit them all over the cage and be like, ha. That's what I think of your MI. <laughs> yeah. That's why I bought an incubator, even though I'm planning yeah. to so you let need it all to have, You need to have an incubator ready to wrap. For yeah. sure. You know, I don't know if it's if it's just carpet python breeders seem more open to maternal incubation than any other group of python breeders, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Or that carpets are just that good at I maternal think it's incubating. Fair to say their they're, egg. they're just one of the better taxa for that. They yeah. They just do well. <laughs> Garrett yeah. uh, Garrett Hartle just posted a video not too long ago. They did an MI clutch with one of their dwarf or super dwarf retics, and they lost half of the clutch. Like a mm. lot of it went bad. Um, Ooh. And he, awesome. he posted it up like it was a, a semi failure. Like they had some survive, but it wasn't, wasn't great. Um, and I don't know if that's just because the, there's such large clutches and such a large volume of space and such a big animal. To, and it's just like not really feasible in a small box. Right. Uh, as opposed to like in the massive humid, like jungles of Indonesia or wherever. Um, so mm -hmm. under yeah, a, a bunch of leaves, you know, like I know there, I know there's been, it's been documented, uh, in papers that, um, you know, uh, water pythons will actually leave the right. clutch, um, you know, towards the end of incubation. And mm -hmm. the thought is, is that I guess that the, the temperatures are so consistent, um, you know, in that area yeah. that mm -hmm. um, they don't really have to worry about it as much. But um, yeah, I'm yeah. sure certain species can pull it off. I mean, we just don't see it as much. Totally. I mean, it depends where they're brooding, you know, like, yeah. A few feet underground, that that environment's going to be a lot more stable and consistent than, say, a carpet laying in a tree hollow, you know, above mm -hmm. ground, where mm -hmm. you're going to have the day night shifts. Like, mm -hmm. it it's going to be a completely different ball game, you know, that's depending true. on where they're at. That's true. So th that's that kind of pertains to the yeah, and that pertains so, to the pegged uh, comment that Eric pulled up here from mm -hmm. uh, from Tony. Has anyone with the elevated or mounted hide seen clutches laid in the elevated hide? We see them in tubs and hide boxes, but what about these mounting hides? Now, I can't personally say I've any I've seen anybody post that their animal is laid up in one, but I see it all the time how much their animals love those hides. Mm -hmm. Can you think of that at all, Eric? Uh, I've never heard that, um, but I would imagine in the wild, um, especially. Um, I would think things like uh, you know inlands or 
or Bradley mm-hmm. uh, would probably take advantage of them higher up. Um, well, I saw I, a video of Sunshine Sunshine Coast snake catchers pulling a, a female off a clutch of eggs in a lady's uh, in a lady's tree. It was in like a staghorn fern cluster right in there, and it was in it was a coastal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've talked to to uh, some folks that have had Brettles lay in top mounted hides um, consistently. Okay, okay, yeah, right, interesting. I thought this they was a, the, uh, it's got to like be a good, bus, yeah, the big the cement, containers. Yep. Mm-hmm. The ones that I cut holes for. Yeah. 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 Those are nice and big because they're tall. They're like six, seven inches tall. Right. 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 Wow. That was that. two wild carpets. Right next to each right other. Right I guess that was a good spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's this perfect. Is wild, but look at those eggs, man. They look great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They look solid. Um, so cool. I, I have a, a link saved on my bookmarks here on my computer for some Madagascar nesting behavior observed where they've found eggs in there left alone by the females and then noted that they've returned to them later. So I think in certain climates, if this, if the weather's, you know, more or less stable, those females will take advantage to go get a drink or grab a meal or something maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get, yeah, yeah. I I've had that where, um, um, you know, uh, the females have left the eggs to sort of, uh, go and, uh, you know, get a drink. I've had them go through their water bowl, um, mm-hmm. and then come back. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, um, if there's anything to that, but, um, yeah, they, 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 they left, they did that. Um, yeah, I think, I think maternal incubation with them is just, um, I don't know. I just think they do, uh, do really cool stuff, but yeah you know i don't know johnny barrett asks are you more hesitant to do mi with morphs than normals if so which morphs do you watch out for no i i doesn't doesn't really factor in at all i know a lot of i know a lot of folks will you know say that they're not going to risk a high value clutch doing mi um and that's one train of thought that you'll see but as far as I'm concerned, I don't think the morph affects the clutch in any way as far as value. I mean, we've suspected that Jags might not be good at it, but we've also seen Jags do it just fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think I, my worry with the Jags would be the stress, right? I would sure. imagine it's stressful for the female and that's why I always, so when I was doing morphs, I sort of geared my collection that way to sort of do MI as much as possible. So usually if I was buying a Jag, to do a breeding, the Jag would be male. Mm-hmm. I always tried to keep the Jag on the male side. That way I didn't okay. have to worry about it, you know, but gotcha. That's smart. Uh, yeah. They, they are very susceptible to, uh, poor, poor reactions to stress. Yeah. So that's and the I've only seen thing to be mindful of. I've seen it with Jags where they've been on a clutch close to the end. They roll. I think, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan had that too, yep. you know, where yeah, they, she left on like day 42. Yeah. Really? Oh, and that's my, my that's always my fear with Jags is that, they, they, you know, they're just like, ah, I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Lucas, you, it, you haven't heard that story. It's really funny, too, because there's such a Jag ending to it. Um, <laughs> leave the clutch, go to, like, get a drink of water, and then, like, for a while, doesn't come back. And then when she does come back, she coiled up underneath it. Oh my goodness! Like, <laughs> like put the whole clutch on top of her, oh, and, and talking to Ryan during all of it, and he was like, "I'm just gonna let it ride." 
and he let the clutch be. She ended up just going back and ignoring it for the rest of it. And the next uh, two and a half weeks, they sat at whatever the the ambient of the enclosure was. He he paid attention to it, and they all hatched. Wow, yeah, that's wild. I think they're. I just think they're a lot tougher than than we give them credit for. And I think that uh, our ideas of of that is just kind of. I don't know. I think our idea is like a little skewed, if you will. I think I think that eggs are meant to hatch, you know. So like, mm-hmm. I think that um, they're a little bit tougher than uh, yeah than we think. I, think I would sometimes- say our I'd say our ideas are incomplete. Like we haven't yeah. figured it all out yet, you know. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like uh, we have you know eggs. I, I, at least I can speak for me. I you know with breeding, that was probably the most stressful part for me was like making sure that the eggs are taken care of because it's like, you know, running right to the, to the goal and then, you know, missing the shot, if you will. Right. Yeah. It's like, you've done all this work to get to this point and then you fail with the, with the eggs, you know, and then on the flip side of that, you know, a lot of people, as soon as they see eggs, they're like, woo. And then, yeah, yeah it's over <laughs> 10, 15 days in, it's like, uh, what happened? Uh, right. Total yeah. failure. <laughs> so. so barring like crazy extreme fluctuations when people say they think they had a a temperature spike in the incubator and blame some off result on that within reason of course and within certain species do you think that's probably a a bogus diagnosis then at least for carpets anyway i don't know enough it makes sense to me intuitively that that could lead to issues but it's an interesting question i'm not i'm not sure yeah um yeah i as far as temp spikes, I would imagine that they're probably, you know, they have to be experiencing that. I mean, I, I, my eggs in 2019 experienced up to 11 degree temp swings. Mm-hmm. And you look in the complete carpet python book, uh, you know, Nick, I remember talking to Nick when he first discovered that before they, even the book came out, it's like, you know, I, I put these data loggers in the, the coils right. just like you did, uh, Riley. And, yeah. Like the results he had kind of like surprised him, you know, I think a little bit, you know, because again, like our ideas, it's, it's one thing to have ideas about things. And then it's one thing to have data about things. And then sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, I think it's better to back up those ideas with data. And, you know, I, I think that, I, you know, I think that anytime, so I've had two, two, two clutches go South for me from maternal incubation, one was poison ivy. She started out maternally incubating, um, but her she just left the eggs, and she left the eggs because she had a respiratory right. issue. Right. Mm-hmm. So when she left the eggs, you know, um, actually those eggs hatched, so you know it was no big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. But we weren't really that many days in. I think it was after ten days. I saw her. She, the first time I did maternal incubation, I would see. Interesting enough, right? This was more of a. Um, it was a diamond cross zebra jag to like a diamond coastal and what would happen is that diamond coastal would come out would bask go back into the nest box and you know would uh would uh go back to stay there for the rest of the night you know um but uh you know only about i don't know maybe 15 20 minutes she would bask and then Hmm. uh you know back into the box and i don't know because she was lower in the room so maybe the temperatures were cooler. So she had to do that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because that was, I didn't notice that with the IJ uh, that I was doing that same year. Um, but uh, I, I've also seen where, like I said, they would go into their water bowl 
and then come out and, and and they didn't go and soak in the water bowl. They just would run through the water bowl and then mm. come and then wrap around the eggs again. Mm-hmm. I've seen the female, you know, tuck her head into the coils. I would imagine that's the sort of like heat humidity. I would imagine that has something to do with that. Sure. Um, or maybe she's, maybe that's how they figure out the temperature of the egg. Right. If it's at the right temperature. I think they're using the very sensitive labial pits and everything when they're putting their head in just to keep an eye on things all the time. And I've What's seen that? the same thing that you mentioned where my, the female left got water and brought it back in. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. It's just so many. And especially with today's, um, you know, um, uh, you know, her uh, uh, hobby. I think that more and more people are going towards these natural behaviors that they're witnessing and are excited about witnessing. And I think mm-hmm. that, um, if you're going to breed and you don't try this, you're just missing out on a huge, you know, a huge, uh, basically it's like planet earth <laughs> in your, uh, <laughs> you know, in your snake room, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, the other one that I had that, that went South, I think it was because it got too dry. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I think you have to sort of pay attention to, I wouldn't say necessarily like a humidity as far as a number, but right. I think you, you should pay attention to, um, you know, just like take a peek at the eggs every once in a while and make sure they're okay. But these eggs kind of dried now, maybe they were shitty eggs to begin with and they just kind of went downhill. I, I don't know. Maybe she wasn't good at keeping them humid, but I, most of the time, the majority of the time, it's just set and forget. Don't worry right. about it. And there, there is something to be said for some females just aren't aren't cut out for it. They're not good at it, right? They just yeah. they they don't they don't lay appropriately. They don't seem to have any yeah. intention of you know maintaining any sort of you know cluster or anything. So my exanic coastal from last year. She she dropped a clutch all over the place, like didn't even try to put them in the same spot. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, so I was like, OK, yeah, well, I definitely am not doing MI with you um, this year. She's in a bigger cage. And I one, I'm curious to see if she does the same thing and if that's just like a behavioral thing for her. Uh, because this time now she's got the room where I've got a nest box in there with her and uh, a covered hide and just a greater thermal gradient and i'm curious to see what she does with this clutch of eggs although i am not anticipating uh being able to even do mi with her just because last year she just spread them all over yeah i think i think with mi you have to be prepared i think that you have to have i think it's really a good idea to have the female conditioned uh for that because she's not going to eat at least my females are not going to eat throughout the breeding season and then, you know, um, into, uh, you know, what, what are we looking at? Another three months to sit on the eggs. Right. You know, that's, that's quite a long time. Um, yeah. For, especially if she has to do the, the thermogenesis, right. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That burns more calories, the shivering. Yeah. I mean, I've done it with morphs and eventually, you know, these are, expensive morphs i guess <laughs> you know? yeah but, you uh, know the the value of the 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 dollar well, animal dollar of the animal doesn't impact the quality of the incubation you know it's just how much are you willing to leave up to mom and how much do you want control look at that yeah, little face that's pretty cool yeah. 
Great and then shot. like see how there's a bad egg right in the middle there. Yep. I didn't pull any of that, you know. Yeah. So. No, if it's a good egg, it'll it'll go. If the climate's good, the bad eggs will die off and shouldn't theoretically affect the other ones. Yeah. Um yeah, man, I'm excited. Fun. I'm I'm you know ready to go for all the maternal stuff and gonna stick the little data loggers in there and I can't wait to see. So if each one of your Bradley that produces this season, assuming you get multiple, mm-hmm. would you let them all MI if if they all did a good job holding? If them? I got four out of four, which I would be surprised, you know, I'm I'm hoping mm-hmm. for two or three, mm-hmm. uh, but shooting for four, I would definitely let three go, and then I'd probably pull one clutch um, from one of the two smaller females and mm, stick mm-hmm. that one in the incubator so that I can have a little bit of both data sets, sure. uh, here. You know, I have Nick uh, collecting data on his clutches as well, and and he's going to probably do all artificial because, you know, it's his it's his primary yep. occupation. Different. And yep. Yep. he's sure. got to yep. have... His livelihood you know, depends on it. Getting females back on food is important. Exactly. His girls Experimentation is secondary. Yeah, yep. totally 100%. understand. So yep. that, you know, that's just another reason for me to try to do as much MI here as I can to mm-hmm. try and balance out the data set. But, but yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Good practice to, to do artificial because inevitably you're going to be doing more artificial than maternal throughout right. your entire breeding lifespan, most likely. Right. And I think that everybody is, is of good enough size and body condition to go, but, um, the double het girls are definitely smaller than the hypo het stripes and, you know. It'd be good to get them back on food faster. I think the hypo head stripes have plenty of reserves to do MI with no problem. They're they're sure. pretty freaking big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are you still pairing and separating for feed and then repairing and leaving the cages dirty for the females and that sort of yeah. deal? Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm at is uh I've got two or three meals into all of them. Um mm-hmm. I have everybody into shed um either currently in shed now or i had one guy that shed out already he was a little ahead um and i do actually have them all paired at the moment uh but i'm not really expecting to see much until after the sheds mm-hmm. um i had one of the bigger uh hypo head stripes reject that last meal um mm-hmm. which was interesting first mm-hmm. time for that <laughs> she has never done that so yeah, and then uh, I sent that picture. Was that yesterday? I think that yeah. was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I checked that uh, that male that had just shed in with uh, the female that I had planned for him, and she's deep in shed right now. But they went right in the uh, in the lay box, and we're doing gotcha. a little tail tapping. So that was okay. Good. <laughs> All right, I don't feel like I'm too far off. Then my male just shed, the female's still dark, and I'm going to go one more. And I think that'll send her into shed. So nice, I, you know I. Bradley are all new to me as far as their breeding cycles go. And um, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm cool always. To, cool to have you alongside to sort of like see what your animals are doing to kind of gauge sure. what my doing and understand them a little bit better. Because up to this point, I've just treated them like hardier, more cold tolerant carpets right. and, you know, don't really have much of a, specific deeper further intimate understanding of that species distinct from morelia spilota right yeah and it's interesting i i you know just kind of follow nick's timeline to keep the animals that he sent me consistent um Mm -hmm. which means that 
I and you, because we're kind of at the same time or a little bit later than most folks, Sure. Um, which, you know, it's interesting. I, I see a lot of people posting like clutches and locks and I'm just like, oh, well, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's the thing. Um, William in the in the, the chat just said he's still getting breeding from his coastals and jungles. And me, my coastals, jungles and IJs are done. They've been done. You know what I mean? Um, but my Darwins, which I definitely don't understand a thing about at all. After five plus years of having Darwins, I don't get them at all. I think I understand them less than when I first got them. Right. Um, the female, then the male, they breed, they eat, they cycle, they do everything. And then I, nothing changes. And so like the males in there right now, and they're both in the nest box, like they've, you know, like they're attached to the hip, but like mm. nothing. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't it's, either. It's kind of weird for me with the diamonds. So I can relate to that. Not, not ever having, having bred um, spring breeders. It's kind of like, I, I was kind of like, I guess I should do this now. Like, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know, you know, yeah. but, uh, but if I get a clutch from her, she's definitely going to go. Am I no doubt? Yeah. hundred percent. Awesome. You know, that, oh, that'll be so freaking cool, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, the one another tip that I did with humidity, um I did this, I think I got this tip from Josh Easter maybe back in the day, but if you I got a bigger size um like tub, um put the lid on it, cut the hole out of the top, put the sphagnum moss in it. But what I did is I put a deli cup and um he said just to put the deli cup in there, but I kind of put the lid on the deli cup full of water and kind of poked holes all through the top. So if it got kind of shooken around, it wouldn't be, you know, all kind of mess. I did put in the bottom that like egg diffuser stuff. So it was mm -hmm. kind of like elevated a bit just in case uh, it did sp it spill or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the humidity, that water bowl that was inside that um, tub sort of like really helped with humidity and, and such. Interesting. Um, that's, so. that's clever. That's clever. Um, when is the first NPR Patreon stream? Well, uh, we'll probably do that this coming Sunday, unless yeah. another holiday jumps in yeah. the way that we've yeah. forgotten about. Sorry, Chris, yeah. took us by surprise. <laughs> not a single, not a single member of the MPR team is a, a devout Christian or faithful <laughs> member of any religious sector whatsoever. So, although Easter existed, it was not on our minds, and yes. that was. Apparently Jesus's fault, not ours, but we'll, we'll let it slide this time. Yeah. So exactly. Jesus, we're watching you Yeah. next week. I thought the whole thing is he's watching you. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't no. know. It's yeah. Uncle Sam we, and Big we've brother. reversed roles. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. checking you out, yeah, buddy. This is 2021. All, all yeah. bets are off, man. Oh, no. Yeah. It. So uh, look out for an email for that for this coming Sunday. Good point. Thank you. And as we were just chatting, I did get a uh, – I'm going to just check to be sure. I'm going to pull it up here and just take a peek real quick. Mm -hmm. But I got an email saying that the Monitor Keeping Podcast Ooh. Ooh. Uh, is now Keeping Podcast is – drum roll, please. Uh, <laughs> I call bullshit, Apple. <laughs> Drum roll for that? Yeah, right? I mean, come on. Let's see, Google. No. NPR. 
Show approved. Okay. Maybe I have to hmm. do something. Exit US URL before. While he's looking, Riley, I am a little concerned about one of my double head pairs. Because why is that? Remember, I, I messaged the chat. That particular pair had a little incident, and the boy bit the girl. Oh, on the face yeah, yeah. Out of like a feeding response because I bumped the cage in the middle of the night on accident. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, they, I separated them for a period of time and put them back together now. And they're not showing any interest in each other. I'm a little worried. But then I think about your Crevo thing and I'm like, well, maybe they'll forget it ever happened. Timing. Just <laughs> give it timing. Yeah. There it is. Uh-oh. Is it is it live? <laughs> they said see. it will be up in the next couple hours, but it has been approved. Uh, you can get this. They gave me a link that you can go and look at it. But um, yeah, there you go. So it'll be up probably by tonight. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, that well. cover art is so baller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty flashy. It's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty, um, pretty cool, man. We we should talk about this. Um, Owen and I have somehow switched roles <laughs> in life. Uh, um, Owen's done it again, everyone. Yeah, and uh, let's see. He, I gave him this this boy that I produced. Um, A red is, tiger zebra jag. Correct. And he bred that to a jungle. Why? So <laughs> why? Why did it even touch the jungle? Yeah. Owen, that's I not like you. Yes. <laughs> what have oh. I done to you? I broke Owen. <laughs> Is that the side effect of his COVID shot? Which one did he get? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, it's Owen. Owen, oh, yeah. gosh, is the insurance world crushing <laughs> that much? Like, uh, damn, yeah. dude. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna Owen. Put whatever with whatever and worry about it later. Oh, poor. <laughs> and Owen. then his clutch. Holy crap, man. He yeah, got, that uh, huge coastal clutch. Oh, my gosh. I think there was. It was like 29 eggs. 20. Yeah, 20. I think there was. Tw yeah, 20. I think you're right. 29 eggs. And that was from Trinity. You know, Dude, so that was huge. Like I said to him, I'm like, we were talking somewhere and it was just I like <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> so I said, um, I said, what are you going to do with all those babies, man? And he's like, what do you mean? Oh, wait, two clutches of olives, this clutch. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Five exactly more right. coming at least. Yeah. He's like, oh, I think I may have misjudged this. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's going to have the season I had in 2018, man. Oh, Oof, that was rough. I'm uh I'm looking at two Morelia clutches, one Crebo clutch, two more Morelia clutches coming and potentially one or two more Mad Hog clutches. So I'm just like I think I'm okay with where I'm at. I think that's cool. <laughs> that's more that's so baby wreck. Me too, Brett. <laughs> yeah. 29 yeah. eggs. I yeah. think I had three clutches of carpets and still didn't have 29 eggs. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <sighs> Owen cracks me up. Maybe it's good though. It'll distract him from his rough scale experience. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is about that project, man. He just can't seem it's to cursed him and his Mac lots. Yeah. The, the eternal nut kicker. Poor yeah, man. man. He must've like, and he must have flirted too much with Boas, man. And the pythons are like, how I dare think, you? 
I yeah. think he needs to sacrifice a squirrel to the gods to get his <laughs> mojo back. <laughs> yeah. If he sacrifices that squirrel, he might be sacrificed. <laughs> yeah, we might not see him again after that one. Uh, oh, I didn't say oh, it had to be that squirrel. <laughs> oh, a squirrel. Okay. Get a squirrel from a sacri- We'll get a sacrificial squirrel. You can imagine yeah. Owen in a public park just running around, you know, half naked, <laughs> trying to get a squirrel. Get back here. Come here, you. <laughs> Obey me. <laughs> Don't you hiding, know? Hiding in the bushes like Rambo with a crossbow. Uh, intern squirrel. Rat. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You will be my intern. <laughs> he calls them furry tree rats. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. The furry tree rats. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what oh, Owen God. would do. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So Owen has uh, deviated a little bit. He took a hard left from his purest uh, ways. And it seems like I'm going more pure than ever. Like, yeah. you know, it's like I, I don't have any like. I didn't have any interest this year in like like making. He's not even fifty. It's like a midlife crisis at thirty four or whatever he is. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. More power to him, man. I'm glad he's working those projects and whatever. Yeah. I think I think before he was kind of like if he sort of delved into those things with me. So I think the way it worked is that he figured out early on, like eventually I will give them to him. So he just kind of like, you know, he would kind of poo poo the project and then he would know that I would give them to him to make it even worse that um, that I could bust the stones about it later on that he was working yeah. with them. So I think he's yeah. just he played his cards pretty good, I think, you know. Yeah. So eventually, uh, Eric will give me this. I just have to wait in the corner and be patient. And <laughs> he's <laughs> so, sitting there thinking he's the uh, the heir to the throne. He's just like, I'm just going to collect it all. It's all coming yeah. here. Yeah. Um, did you guys see that uh that clutch that Mike Cross posted? Yeah. The uh, the Papua and eggs, they're third generation US captive born bred West Papua and eggs. Yeah, man. That's now that's a good dude. Mike is a good dude. I like Mike. I like yeah. Mike a lot. I know he's kind of like the uh Willy or not not Willy. Yeah, like he's the Willy Wonka of the Morelia world at least on the East Coast. <laughs> like we've only seen him like once or twice, but um, Right. Yeah, comes around once in a while. Yeah, no, that's that's a beautiful snake too. So that's a good clutch, a third generation female. So that you know, depending on. Ooh, look at that yeah. flaming. Yeah, yeah that's good color. That's, that's really. I nice think that's color. my favorite pop wind look. Yeah, I love that. that. Yeah. How dark it gets up here, but that yeah, man, they're just such cool snakes. Yeah, my uh, my other yeah. female uh, shed out. She's not she's not going this year. Mm-hmm. So just the one clutch of pop wins for me. It's about and I don't have anything. It's about halfway through. That's so. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't yeah. have any pop wins. I could have bred some, but I, I I don't know. I wanted to. I wanna I wanna get my I wanted to take this year off right so that I'm not worried about babies. I could get the caging and set up my reptile room the way I want and, mm. and get it all dialed in and exactly, you know, perfect running smooth and everything. And then next year I'll, I'll go for it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's about being smart, I guess, or responsible. I don't know what the word is, but you know, I, well, you don't have I, to breed everything every year. That's the bottom line sure. is, you, you yeah, know, yeah. with a collection, like what you've got and it's not like you're chasing any crazy new milestones or anything that has to get done in a certain time you know i mean you can kind of go at your own pace and 
be selective. And, no, I, th- I think it's really cool that, that the yeah. two clutches you pursued were ones that you were just super, you know, excited about and into with the diamonds and, and the inlands that you were trying. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm excited about them. You know, I, Nova's outcross stuff like Grant. What? What? How dare you, Ryan? Not what without, are you saying? Not without any good sort of DNA evidence oh. that says they're the same. Uh oh, he's and having a heart then, attack. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's that's blasphemous. I, you know what? I've been so happy to have just a straight outcross up the wazoo from Nick Granite female, and you yeah. throw some comment out like that. Oh my gosh! I don't even typical, have Novas. Typical retic guy. What are you gonna oh, do? <laughs> damn. See, Ryan, this is why this happens. This is not from from me picking on you. This is you. This is you. Yeah. Yeah, do a jag. <laughs> so, no. but the Novas, I think more genetic work needs to be done before any any yeah. sort of line crossing is done there, just so we know what the heck it is. Yeah. Hmm. DNA evidence has been rejected upon a P- <laughs> Is that is that real or what? <laughs> um is is did Chris get put onto a, a no fly uh IJ <laughs> list or something? He's saying not that not that I know of. I, I don't know, man. Chris, don't worry. I have babies. I, I'm gonna be sorting some out, so I will contact you. And if you want you if you want an IJ from me, I, I do have some that uh I can uh some nice stuff. I'll, I'll get you, go. you going. No worries. Yeah. I need ask, more cages. Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there, man. Like, there's a few things that I know are coming that I want to add and whatnot. But like, the next step is is upgrading caging for sure. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I just uh... move into a house, get some more space. Boom. Problem solved. Kick out my roommate, take over the living room. Boom, problem (laughs) solved. (laughs) Yeah, right. If only life were that easy. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's that never-ending struggle. It's all about, you know, constantly reevaluating what really, you know, keeps you interested. (laughs) He's getting his cages together now. I have four cages mid-assembly right now. It's been Mm. infrared. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was putting here. the cages together right now for the IJs. I was he's like, ready. All right, all right. Oh, he is. <laughs> he is. He's he's on it, man. He's thinking ahead. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah, yeah. I have uh I have some cool stuff that uh I think I think you'll like. So no worries. Um, Riley, we just have to put our, our collective heads together and rent a building in between Oakland and Sacramento. <laughs> Dude, there's warehouse. There's, there's warehouse space out here, man. Like, just go a little bit further inland, like at where Allen's at in Fair Oaks. There's warehouse space. There's, dude, there's warehouse space. I mean, Centralian not... Riley's Reptizotics. You just <laughs> the problem is it's expensive and it's in a sketchy area usually. So oh, security is is important. That's true. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of homeless people and. At, like homeless villages out in those industrial areas and that's what those people do for a living at night is break into shit and steal stuff so oh wow yeah it's bad in some areas so and what i want is a dang house with a basement 
mm-hmm. after seeing Matt Manitola's place. You got to move and, out to here to the East Coast, man. I only know. us East Coast people believe in basements. <laughs> yeah, very few houses out here have them. There's a couple that have like sub floors where it's like partial basement, but they're hard to find and, and usually old beat up houses in sketchy areas. So, um, yeah, first step is just getting a house in a decent area. Where I don't have to worry about my place getting broken into. And then, you know, that will then either open up the garage, a larger bedroom or something that gets thrown out on a slab of concrete in the backyard, like its own mm-hmm. little pop up. And then, you know, that's when growth will happen. So right now is, is kind of raising up what I have, figuring out, where my head's at with a lot of it you know yeah what you want to keep what you want to move all that kind of i mean stuff. i want to keep it all let's be real <laughs> well yeah don't we all so, but yeah yeah but you know you gotta gotta do soul searching every year and just see what stays and goes and you know the other thing is is every year if you're working on projects and you're improving the project and making newer versions of something or the next generation you know it makes it a little bit easier to let go of you know the previous model so to speak mm-hmm. you know so yeah, that's sort of um, – I sort of have a question, and I'm going to throw it out there and see what you guys think of this. Like, So if you're designing a reptile room, right, are you, are you going to take into account that you're going to have holdbacks, so leave a certain amount of cage space open? Certainly. Ideally. Ideally, yeah. That's Like, the, I mean, adult cages? I would at least want to make sure I have a room – that has the space to accommodate that being able to do that in stages, even if I can't afford all the cages at once, right? Like not filling the room up right away with a right. bunch of exactly. babies, yeah. like, you know, I'm going to leave this area right here open for, you know, yeah. growth, you know? Yeah. Ideally like, because, you know, it's good to pay attention to what walls are where, if they're an out outdoor outer wall or an inner wall near a window, you know, how the, all of that behaves. I would love to, you know, have zones where like, that's the adult wall. That's mm-hmm. the the section of male cages. That's the section of female cages. And then here's the grow up racks or grow up, you know, cages or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think I think Nick has probably run into this problem. I know. Well, I I should say I know Nick has run into this problem. <laughs> yes, right? because yeah. <laughs> I know like a lot of things. He's he's held back like entire clutches of things, and now yeah. they're adults. And like you that know, is why I have hypo head stripes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because exactly. of that problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like you know. Um, yeah. I, I. How do you how do you do that? You know and. Mm. How do you, especially like, even if you're going to do something like that, like even just exanic granites, right? You know, like I have exanic granites that are double hets, but eventually the idea is that I want to make an exanic granite. So what happens to the double head? I guess, I don't know. I guess that breeding mentality of moving them on to, to somebody else to breed, you know? I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the more I think about that a lot and the more I see how, you know, Nick has some projects spread out with people he trusts like that, I understand, you know, how you can get to that point. And it just it it really is a numbers game. Like, you know, if you can be hyper focused on one thing and like you don't need a whole room, then you never have this problem. But if you're like yeah. us, you have right. this problem from day one. Yeah. You know, the more that I've been thinking about it, because I, I am trying to to have some good foresight and not grow myself into a bad situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. I don't think that I'm going to hold back very many brettles, to be honest. I I think that I really like what I have. um, And maybe if something pops out that is just like unbelievable, then I'll have to plan around it. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I see myself wanting to grow a lot more in other directions, like blackheads and walmas, <laughs> and like yeah. you know, it's it's just I'm trying to I'm trying to be smart about how I see things five years from now, ten years from now, mm -hmm. and not get myself in trouble. <laughs> right. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you should definitely keep it easier easier said than done, though. Of course. It is. I mean, the yeah. other thing, too, is like my oldest brettles are only like five or six years old. You know, hopefully I have them for another 20 plus yeah, right. if everything goes right. well. You know, that's another thing to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, so um, Summer brings up a good point, though, uh, and it's right. not even necessarily just the morph game. Like she mentions, if you're in the morph game or really specifically trying to line breathe, then holdbacks are more of a necessity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's that's where. It depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about a specific project, like for example, with my striped jungles, I need to hold holdbacks. And what I'm doing is, you know, increasing the odds of getting to my goals in a timelier manner. Um, so I've got 2.2 from the first step, you know, and mm -hmm. raising them up for the next step. And I'll keep, you know, 1.1 or 2.2 of whatever they produce down the line. And then, you know, once I see more of, my end game starting to take shape, then I can start cutting back some of the other steps in the middle, sell that stuff off, thin the herd, keep going and still achieve my goal without undercutting myself. But the, the thing is my worry is if I don't hold enough back. Right. And something happens, a male dies, a female doesn't take uh, whatever. Oh, yeah. And then I lose mm -hmm. that entire project because I've sold all the other progeny. That's the trick. Off. Yeah, that's I've the seen thing. That many times, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's why I kept two point two striped jungles back because I don't need two point two. But if I want to make sure that I can have two point two or one point one at the very least, you know, four years down the line to hit the next steps, then I've got to do that. Mm -hmm. And you know, the animals are healthy and they're looking great. And it's like I could sell that second male, but like, what happens if that first male then you know takes a dive on me for whatever reason? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, and don't get me wrong, you know, I'm definitely going to keep something like I, one of my long range goals is definitely to have animals that I produced produce, you know, like, sure, that's sure. Just, that's just yeah, amazing. That's cool. You have know, yeah, animals your baby grow you, up, <laughs> right? Like get several generations in. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, there's something to be said, like with, uh, with the species like blackheads that only has like, you know, six to 10 eggs tops. Right it's easy to hold just one or two back and feel okay about it um, mm -hmm. or, you know, not hold any. I mean, it really does depend on what the population is and what you're, you know, if you're breeding to just make more for the market, then, then you don't need to hold any back, but you know, mm -hmm. there's inevitably that little part in all of us where we, when we see the babies, we're like, Ooh, I like that. I yeah. Like that. It's tricky too. You know, I feel really bonded to the animals that, that I'm raising up and working with and, like I have yeah. some that just quite simply don't fit into a project that sure. I don't feel comfortable selling to a stranger. And luckily I have a really good biologist friend that is just getting into carpets and she's starting to, you know, dive head first. And so some of them are going to go live at her house and they're staying in the family. If I ever need them, I know where they are. And mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so I have a couple thoughts, but Ryan sort of hit on this before I could say anything. But um, yeah, you know, like the Yakapori Depot, aka Russian uh, coastals, um, you know, to me, that clutch is going to go to very specific people 
and you know um, to just make sure to ensure that that line is still out there. And I would probably hold quite a bit, if not all. You know, poison ivy stuff. I held everything back from that. Um, multiple clutches. So you can imagine, I'm like drowning in these poison ivy babies. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I guess I got to breed you guys at some point to see if we make a melanistic IJ. But um, I don't know. I'm not in the rut because I, I know what's going to happen, man. You know what's going to happen as soon as as soon as you produce melanistic IJ. It's just like. I don't know if I want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be the, you know, answering emails all day long. Like, what can I get? It? You know, I, mm, I would yeah. much rather just give it to fellow IJ enthusiasts and say like, don't tell anybody I gave this to you, you know? Like, yeah. So, but like the first clutch, I think it was, what did I get? Uh, 12 eggs, mm -hmm. 10 of them were feet were male. So mm -hmm. they're all males except for two females. So. Yeah. Um, I had the same then, problem with my female. Yeah. And then, you know, like the citrus tiger line, right? You you always just assume that the guy that originated that line is just going to keep working with it. But you know, I, I I like Will Bird and all, but you look at his citrus tigers and they look like dog shit. You know, <laughs> just like wow, man, these look horrible. They're not the ones that, you know, what happened? <laughs> Come on, man, tell me that they don't look like dog shit. You know, they, they're not. They're not attractive and not no. attractive snakes i've no. seen the posts on fauna i've looked at them and even without the gawking ridiculous price tag on it i was not interested at all like you yeah. couldn't give if you offered to give if you offered to give me those animals i would say no thank you politely right yeah <laughs> yeah again i'm not i'm not taking a shot at will i'm just saying no, that like just, compared to what he's produced in the past those animals just are not on the level of what i would consider after seeing tiger. this animal behind the screen here that's sitting on a clutch of you know eggs yes. right now sorry no, i know no, where the not, bar is. not even close man you yeah, know like far is we're we've set the bar we're trying to raise it not bring it back down yeah like so. the the animals that i produced in the not this past year but the year before um are just stellar you know yeah. one looks just like mom yeah um, I'm trying to find, see if I have a picture of, of her or something like her just to show. Well, there's your, yeah, like, look at this. Come on, man. <laughs> if you would go look at that ad and then look at this and he produced her, but yeah, ooh. that thing's amazing. That's probably my favorite snake in my collection. That gray Screamer. and black and like that big chunky head. And she's four foot, four foot long. Hmm. Yeah, that's snake. nice. I like that. Yeah. It's an amazing snake. You know, it's interesting how within, you know, one complex, you'll get different sizes like that too. Just random side note. Like I've got yeah. a, I've got a coastal from Travis that is three years old and i fed her very lean and sparingly and i had her out the other day she's six feet long but like oh, wow. that big around wow dude <laughs> it just her her head is like no other coastals in here her head is is long is pronounced but she's as pure as the driven snow from some of nick's like you know most established lineage and 
she's just a huge, long, lean animal. And then, yeah, my citrus tiger girl, not built the same, like just a little, little more condensed and stocky. But uh, anyway, random side tangent. I just thought of seeing seeing yeah. your female in that bucket, like totally different size. It's another one, you know. Yeah, look at yeah. that. That's killer quality. That's See, that's movies. that's where you got to hold back good quality. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I know Nick is kind of coming close with um, just pure jungle stuff, but you know. his seventy-five percent ivories are nuts. Yeah. Black and white, man. Those yeah. things are cool. I think someday I'll have to get some of those. Yeah, I have a nice ivory that I got from Mike Curtin, and I've never really done anything with them. Um, there you go. Right, so this is the clutch um, that uh, I'll share this picture real quick. This is going to suck for uh, people listening, but oh well. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Ooh, yeah, yeah, that thing is smoking. What the heck is that? You it's remember those banded one. IJs I was talking to you about uh-huh. that I'm going to send your way? Yeah, <laughs> that Ba-boom. is incredible. Yep. Yeah, wow. there's some amazing stuff that can be done with selective breeding. So that's where holdbacks come into play. But yes. if you're breeding something and you've just got your established pair and you're just breeding stuff to keep out in the market, keep it coming, and keep it available for people who want it, which is totally awesome then you don't need to hold stuff back. So like, I don't know. What's a good example of that? Bradley, you can make a bunch of Bradley just to keep the hype fulfilled. You know, there's a lot of people like Owen was saying last year, he, he made a bunch of het stonewash uh, the year before and had a hard time selling them because people didn't want het stonewash. They just mm-hmm. wanted normal Bradley. So the right. price was different. The, the breeding sure. value wasn't necessarily valued the same to those people. And so that's a species that like, yeah, you could have your, your hypo stripe projects and, and your stonewash stripes and then hold back stuff to like, you know, bleed it all together. But then maybe on the side, you just breed a pair like Lazic line or Boar's <laughs> line and you just, you just, you don't keep anything from it, but it's just to, to produce some so that people can have them, you know? No, for sure. And, you know, I have, I have a few reasons, you know, if we're talking about breeding with a purpose, you know, I, I have a few in this case, you know, we've got thesis work and some hopefully interesting research stuff. And then, you know, just I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm hoping to produce offspring to mm-hmm. help support my my hobby, you know, like with absolutely with, uh, with the return from that, you know, put it absolutely. into the caging, put it into lighting, put it into food. Yeah, even I'd if- be lying if I said that that wasn't a goal. Yeah. yeah. So if we're being fully transparent for our listeners and anybody who's looking into getting into breeding, but like hasn't quite figured out how you afford it at any stage, like one of the things you can do is produce a small number of animals with, you know, ethically and responsibly, nothing that's out of your realm of capable, you know, proper husbandry and everything. But, um, and you can wholesale them or you can give them away to people or you can, just, you know, sell them to your local pet shop or, you know, have a plan. Don't just assume somebody's going to buy those things, you know, like don't just assume a pet shop is going to buy your, your animals. They might not have the space for it. They might not have the budget for it, especially with COVID, but like, you know, there's, there's some reasonable ways to do that and just, you know, support your hobby and just make enough to pay your food bill. So hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I know, 
I've been talking for a few years, <laughs> you know, I've been planning to hopefully do this with the pet shops that, um, that I really like. And, you know, I know that I have options in terms of wholesale. I know that I have some folks that I've talked to that are interested in babies, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's good to have a plan. And of course, like I, I've heard Eric and Owen say, you should also be prepared for absolutely nobody to want them and have yeah. a plan for that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, it's so true. Especially if you're trying to like, if you think of yourself as somebody entering the the marketplace that has so many established names and members in it, and your name is fresh on the scene, has no good or bad things to it. It just doesn't have a reputation known to anybody, but you try and, you know, just put yourself out there. You're going to have very little hard fought success. You know, you're really going to have to just put your name out there for a few years and just pay your dues and just be a good person, be an ethical breeder and just pay attention and just kind of go with the flow. And it'll eventually come if you're patient, you know, that's, to me, that's like the best way to do it. It's just pay attention to what everyone else is doing. Follow some of the ethics and guidelines set forth by the peers already in, in the hobby for you. And, you know, be polite, ask questions. You know, most people are pretty, pretty helpful in the Morelia world as far as my experience goes. And, you know, there's no reason why you, you can't have some success, but don't expect it to happen overnight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, I enjoy the breeding part of it for, from the, just the observation of the circle of life, whatever you want to say, however you want to, you know, just seeing those eggs pop out or those heads pop out of eggs is just, mm -hmm. I mean, that's hard to beat, you know, but um, yeah, I, I, I just, the, the part that always, I always struggle with is just the selling part of it. You know, yeah. we talked about it last week. It's just, I, I just, I do that for my day job and I just, I don't want it to be a job, you know? So mm -hmm. It is. It's tough, man. And it doesn't matter if you're selling one snake or a hundred snakes. You're gonna yeah, I feel that yeah, I feel like if find people, that weight drag you down a little bit. Yeah, I feel like I you know, like just being so busy, the podcast and and my collection and my family and you know, work and all that stuff, it's like I feel like I'm letting people down when I don't get back to them in a timely manner. I feel that and I know I, yeah, I get it. But like, you know, I, I just, I've personally is not the standard that I would want, you know what I mean? For myself, like if sure. somebody messages me, I want to be able to message them down. I've honestly been thinking about taking down my Facebook page, EB Morelia and just working off my website, you know, and just, mm -hmm. and not doing only doing social media about the NPR network, you know, mm -hmm. having a focus on that. And I think it goes back to sort of what you were saying with snakes or reptiles, or whatever, having that focus is going to, that cream is going to rise to the top. And if I'm juggling all these different things, it just becomes something's going to something's going to suffer, you know. And when there's so many avenues of communication that you have to pay for, that's where the challenge comes. When you can streamline it. If, so that's what we do for the shop. If somebody's looking for something in particular, email, right. e email, email this email. It's all right here. Right. We can always go back and revisit it. If something comes in or something hatches, we have it right here. Yes. Email is perfect for that. And then you also get a timestamp. So if it's something where like first come, first serve on a clutch, you can see who contacts you first. Yeah. And it's literally all in one organized sort of thing. And it's sure. always there. Um, I definitely see a lot of value in uh, streamlining the sales side of it by pulling away from the social media instead of using that tool. It can be a tool, but it can also open the floodgates really in an overwhelming way, really, really fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, if you don't know how to get in touch with me at this point. <laughs> yeah, you, you, know you I mean? just you haven't done your research. You knew it's all good. Yeah. We'll forgive you once, but yeah. Right. Um, but um yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I, hard I, to yeah. find that area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and then Summer brings up a good point, you know, the the ethics of it all of breeding. Um, you know, not to get like very uh you know, on a preachy? soapbox or, or preachy or anything, but you know, you should keep the ethics in mind like it's okay to not be able to fill the whole wall with cages because you're not able to chase the joneses or whatever you know be you know be up in the front with everything like it's okay to have a small modest collection and have one pair or two pairs of something just do really well with it and slowly build so 100 you don't need to chase anything i think that's the one mistake I'm going to say that like my, so when I say my generation, I'm talking about when I came back into it, mm-hmm. like not necessarily my age generation, but my, that, that 2005 to 2000, say 15, that 10 year stretch of time. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, we sort of, you know, there was this idea that, you know, breeding and like a lot of people that came before us would say, okay, so only produce what, you can keep without worrying about having to sell it, you know, and that was sort of the standard. I remember on like the days with the Bush league breeders club and all that would be sort of the mindset, right? It's like only produce because you might not sell them for months. You might not sell them for a year, you know? Um, And you have to be able, you have to be ready to say, okay, I might have to sit on these for a while. I'm going to have to feed them. Mm -hmm. I have to take care of them. It's going to be time. It's going to be money. It's going to be space. All these things that come into play that, you know, like when you're, you know, when you're, you're just hitting that credit card, like PayPal and those people for the the snakes and you want to breed them. And I think like the argument would always be, well, somebody has got to produce them. And why should you be the one that produces them and not me? I I don't know. I just feel like Mm -hmm. it, it, it's not a matter of that. Like if you have the go ahead to sort of put your name out there and do the work to sort of, uh, you know, uh, market yourself and, and put your name out there and constantly be pushing it, well then you earned it. But like mm-hmm. the idea that you're just going to get a couple of snakes, put them together and then all of a sudden be rolling in money. is just, <laughs> yeah, it's just not, not going to happen. No, I see it know? all the time in the shop, man. People just finding reptiles and coming in. They're like, Oh, I'm going to get these ball pythons and breed them. I've got a pastel, whatever. And I'm going to breed it to this. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. This is your first speed bump. Here comes the knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> you got to learn this one on your own. It's hard I though wanna... because, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Bro. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it, it, it feels, uh, like a little bit of a tragedy to me that people have to that that we kind of accept that speed bump as part of the process when we're talking about living things that might be getting the brunt of that you know like sure in terms of the ethics thing like what summer's talking about like i i just feel like that's so much more important than yeah the actual weight it's given you know like i know that if i get four clutches half of two of them are going back to nick don't have to worry about those. You know, I know right. that if for some reason I'm not able to find good homes for them, uh, Dr. Loafman wants some and we can do, we can use them for, for thesis sure. projects. I'll send them to campus. You know, like I know that I have plans. If I didn't, I wouldn't be doing it, mm-hmm. you right. know? And I, I like what you're saying, Riley, I saw it all the time at the vivarium. People would come in and just be like, if I bought that one and I have this one, 
uh, then I can like start my empire and become uh, yeah. J Brewer rich, right? And I'm like, yeah. no, <laughs> not that's not works. right. <laughs> just, that's not how well, this works. Yeah. I, damn it. I'm that's yeah, that's my rant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I was going to say is that like for not for somebody that I guess is like considered a carpet Python breeder, I guess, if you will, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how else to say that or whatever. And it's just like, I want people to understand that. Like I haven't, there's been there the one year I moved, I didn't breed at all. Mm-hmm. This will be the second year I haven't bred. I I'm breeding one pair. That's it. Right. You know? So like, I, I don't feel like it somehow negates my knowledge of carpet pythons, like just yeah. because I'm not breeding, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I kind of look at it and it's like, I like to support guys like Nick that does it as a living. Yeah. You know, and like, I don't want to like just flood the market with, with stuff and, and, and have all that out there to where it's like, I'm competing with, with somebody like that, that, that I look up to, you know? So sure. If I, if there's no reason for me to do it, why do it? Exactly. (laughs) You know, know, have a purpose in mind. Otherwise, you know, who are you really being fair to? (laughs) Yeah. 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 So like to me, it's, uh, it's more about ticking off a species, right? I've never done this one. And I like the idea of going back to the roots where you're sort of, sort of to your point, Riley, you keep making this a lot. It's like, if you're just focused, you're probably going to be more successful, you know, with Mm -hmm. that whatever well people are going to recognize it too and they're going to make mental notes that like the guy who's really devoted to it is probably the one you want to get something from if that's a project you're interested in and so then it makes it a little bit easier to sell um but yeah it's it's definitely a tricky game you know there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it there's a lot of money that goes into it you got to buy gear you got to buy shipping containers you got to pay attention to that you got to pay for the label and at the end of the day it's not all happening at once so it's like trickling in here and there and it's just you really got to love it you really got to be into it for your genuine interest in it and then the rest comes as a result otherwise it becomes a chore it becomes mm-hmm. another yeah. job. You don't right. enjoy it. You're, and then your animals receive subpar care. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But so. there's a lot of people that, you know, make their living with this species so they can afford to play with this species. Right. Mm-hmm. And there isn't anything wrong with that either. As long yeah. as those animals receive good standards of care. That's just the, the baseline. So for me, I couldn't do that, though. Like I couldn't just have ball yeah. pythons going yeah. in here to to pay for you know Nick's new hypo head exanics. It's just <laughs> yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, no. I've tried so many times, man. I've tried. Yeah. That, I've, that, I've tried that, it that, twice. I've tried it twice. I've tried it four times, and oh, yeah, each I don't time I do it because like, I, a nah. they don't interest me, and b I don't want to feel that machine. You know, do we need yeah. more ball pythons? No, hell no. <laughs> like, but the dude. thing of it is, for me, there's sort of a nostalgia factor for me just with normal ball pythons, right? Because sure. I remember see, it's for you, which is why right. that's great, right? Rather so than like when, yeah, right. Rather than just producing something to produce. I mean, come on, let's let's be honest. There's no way I'm even going to come into the ballpark of somebody like Kabelka. So why even try? <laughs> I mean, it's just, sure. I don't know. You, you, you know, it's you're, yeah. It's just you're not going to be able to keep up with that, you know, and uh, and 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 you're not going to be able to even recreate that because I think the problem is too many times people try to follow 
somebody thinking that this is the way to success. Mm -hmm. But he's a perfect example of somebody who had a vision, mm -hmm. you know, and he took that vision and he still con continues to build upon that vision. He's growing. He's built. And he's put one foot in front of the other, one yes. brick on top of the next. 100%. So to yep. me, he would be a guy that, uh, you know, I would say is doing the ball python game breeding whatever however you want to call it uh hobby correctly you know yeah like he's and continually he pushing produces, that envelope you know and everything he produces is sought after and going to people that are going to keep it and care for it because mm -hmm. he's created such a value behind what he's doing you know what i mean yeah, yeah. he's created such <laughs> a, a a carefully thought out and cared about sort of project with everything he does that you know every animal goes to a good home more or less um, for sure. yeah yeah. So that's the difference, you know, between just randomly breeding something. I guess now is a good time to say I've got uh, a gravid ball python. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. No shit. Yeah, okay. she's normal. <laughs> Bred to a normal. <laughs> nice. Normals. So I was going to say, like, in, in, when I was a kid, there was a pet shop that was around the corner from me, and they had a ball python. And at the time, right, um, Burmese pythons were the hot thing, and I had one of those, but you could not find ball pythons, right? It is hard to believe that there was a time in the hobby where ball pythons were hard to get. And I would go there and I would stare at this snake, just stare at it for hours. Like, I, you know, they'd kick me out of the store, you know, like, oh, get, get the hell out of here, kid, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just like <laughs> amazed by this python because here I am dealing with this Burmese python that's like, you know, 10 foot plus. And here's this like little version of it. And it's in, you know, I don't know. It's just something about it. I don't know if it was just because you couldn't get it. I don't know if it was because when I was a kid, that was like the first Python I ever held. I, I don't know. But like, there's something about oh, just a normal wild caught. Uh, no, no, it doesn't have to be wild. Wild, but type. Like wild looking, wild type uh, yeah. uh, ball Python that just is like, okay, that's cool. You know, but yeah. The the big girl of mine, the big normal female, I've had her for years. Um, she's a, a stunning, stunning animal, in my opinion. Like, exactly what nature intended. Black with brown with a little bit of white. Like, very clean, beautiful animal. Healthy as can be. Um, right. Just a, a wonderful snake. Wonderful, wonderful animal. And I find that look so much more attractive than a lot of the other morphs and, and stuff, you know, cruising around and just. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought it saw a fly flying around you. It's a moth. Oh, there you go. Hiya! <laughs> um, <did> miss. <laughs> he's killing moths. <laughs> Got it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it's funny how how times have changed and and where people are infatuated with different things at different different phases of of their keeping and and what goes on and. I don't know if to me, I, I look at like the rescues and, and what's being dumped off and, and kind of like, okay, those are things that too much is either being imported or those are things that are being discarded too much or not valued appropriately. And having worked at places and had ball pythons dumped off or chucked over yeah. fences and stuff. For sure. I mean, there's a lot produced. Yeah. There's a lot of demand though. So it's kind of like, why is there this little, you know, throwaway culture sort of still there in some specs i don't know yeah. i don't know um hmm. man i remember a few years ago when all the arguing on facebook was all about 
you know, when are you a breeder? What does it mean to be a breeder? And that's like, everybody was like trying to get that label to like validate themselves. And mm-hmm. I remember it was the big argument. It was like, dude, why do you care? Like stop chasing yeah. the label, just keep your snakes. If you want to breed something, do it. Technically you're a breeder. As soon as you produce something, if we're really getting down to it, but like, why, yeah. what, it, what does it mean to have a label? It was just a label. And I used to get people so pissed off at me. I'm sure there's people that are like, <laughs> that guy you know like um because i would tell him just to shove it like i I would just tell him like stop who cares just keep your damn snakes and like what you like like do what you want to do and they'd get so pissed off at me i'm like who cares just a freaking label right so i don't know it was interesting when i was talking to uh to richard ross um to line up the show right I'm, i'm talking to him and he said that um he sort of he lost interest in the reptile hobby and moved to stingrays, and I'm sure he'll probably talk about this on the show. But mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the the idea was, and I can remember this time, is that you know back in the early days, it was just really about the species, right? And he's like, he, he was telling me, he's like, you know, a lot of people they always come full circle. They kind of think, you know, they go through this process, and then eventually they come back to that wild type that they fell in love with in the very, very beginning. And I think that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? It's just like, I mean, you know, and again, it, it just, I guess when people, when we say that, right. When, when somebody like me who has a podcast is saying something like that, I think it, they think like, Oh, morphs are no good, no more. And I'm not saying that at all. Not, not at all. You know what I mean? I think that they're, they're, they're is magnetic me. to you anymore. Yeah, yeah. 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 They sort of lost their, their luster, if you will, you know, it's just like, um, I don't know. I, I think I, I, you know, the more I think about it, I think it's probably my dad that's probably influencing that a lot because now that he's back sort of keeping again and talking with him and like, you know, I kind of feel like that. He says the same thing. He's like, I don't understand all that. You know, he's like, binos, they never did anything for me. And this, he's like, what's, you know, like his green skink. He's like, how can you make that any better? And I'm like, touche. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. You know? He's not wrong. You know, yeah, so. yeah. I wow. to me, I like to think I'm going through some version and different stage of my own similar journey like that, eventually coming full circle. Because man, I tell you, I'll wake up in the middle of the night, mid dream, and I swear that like I'm still in the dream, and I've converted the snake room into just like Papuan carpets and Apodora, mm-hmm. and like yeah. nothing else, and I've gotten rid of everything, and I like what the hell. And, it's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I have no plans. I, there's not a morph project that I'm like, oh, I need that, you know? And I think I would yeah. be totally content to just have some normal brettles uh, or just all aspidites. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like, I would be yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be yeah, cool. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you, you know, I think with carpets or, and especially, yeah, probably with Womas and, uh, you know, blackheads. And there's so much variability without even the morph, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, yeah, you can get some really cool looks and whatnot and sort of like, you know, take a project in a, a breeding project in a certain direction, if you will, that has nothing to do with with morphs. You want to make cleaner bands or, you know, you really want the animal to pop. You know, you want to take that wild animal and sort of like clean it up a bit i guess if, yeah. you, if you will yeah i'm working you know try to work with the quote western looks the eastern looks you know there's plenty of things you can do that are that are uh, i wish there were more you know i wish we could yeah. be like oh that's a 
Pilbara or whatever, you know, but yeah, unfortunately yeah. I don't think we can do that at the moment, no. but yeah, yeah, you know, there a normal, that term is so like small. There's a like lot of term. different normals, aren't there? <laughs> I don't like, yeah. I don't like the term normal. Yeah. I, I don't like don't it either. Like it. Wild type yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah. it has such a negative downplayed devalued connotation to it. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Normal classic, that inherently means type. that something else is special. <laughs> yeah, call it yeah. call it classic, call it wild type. Yeah, whatever. I'm with you. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I think another just like as I look, I'm going to share this just so as we just just so you can see what I'm talking about. But like as uh, yeah, so share right. So hold on. Wow. So as you look at like. You know, why not even no, we need uh coastal carpet. Non-GMO. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. look, I mean, look at that coastal Free range. Carpet. That's just a yeah. normal coastal carpet, you know. It's wow. beautiful. Look at that thing. Wow. I mean, you know that what I mean? It's gorgeous. Can something you share you this folder with me. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, Embricata. like look at this one. Oh man. Man. Uh, obviously that's beautiful. There's a wild jungle, you know. Um, look at that. Wow. I mean, talk about jungles not having color. Yeah, right. Look at that. Woo, thing. that I like that so more than some nice. of the fluorescent yellows. Yeah, that's almost orange in the saddles. You know what I mean? That's yeah. crazy looking. Um, there's that. Organic non GMO free range snakes. I mean, this, look at that. Uh, oh, I don't know. Stripes. Me like stripey. Oh, my. Yeah. I think we saw that one. Like that looks almost hypo. Yeah. You know. Hmm. Like just I don't know. They They're seem to always so amazing. Yeah, man. It's just See, that's my problem. I can't see myself finding any real valuable justification to not have every single type of carbon type. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't. I could if I was like, oh, you gotta cut it down to just one subspecies, I'd be like, nope. Nope. Was that a bird? Yeah, I was eating a cockatoo. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um uh... yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is just my folder of all different like look at that diamond, man. Shit, look at that. Whole look at that scenery. Look at the it's scenery. Citrus tigery looking, you know. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that does look citrus tiger like. Darwin carpet. There you go. Wow. Uh, imbricata found on the road like look at I, you know imbricata is another one holy shit super man, variable so many, mm-hmm. yeah there's what i say that, about that look almost carpets with more big meals like with the yeah imbricata. yeah the one that we were talking about that was uh mm-hmm. confiscated in germany reminded me of a really black brettles almost same yeah yeah, yeah. like there's a nice imbricata you know wow Nice diamond. That well, that's settled. I need a big building. We're going to Australia, boys. I need There's a big Archer. building. I need more snakes. So, so these are the locality I have, but like, um, Those yeah, are they don't be looking. They don't really look like that. Like the ones I have don't look like that. But like Archer River, huh? Yeah, wild. Townsville. Look at that. I mean, come on. Wow. <laughs> Emotion to make the NPR Instagram post these pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez, look at that. Yeah, see how much of a geek I am. I like take the picture, take the habitat. You know, there it I'm is right up there the with tree. you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm such a dork, man. Like, uh, God, I just go crazy. Yeah, that's a Townsville. 
Coast. Wow, look at that. That thing's beautiful. That's why we get along so well, Eric. I like dorks. <laughs> dorks yeah, are my people. I... <laughs> <laughs> right on. You know, but oh man, I want it all. I want it all. <laughs> yeah. Motion to make the NPR. Yeah, okay. We I can think do that. We really yeah. just need to go to Australia. <laughs> Yeah, then you'll be done, man. You'll you'll come back a change person. Done, done with we, what? We need an NPR compound somewhere in wherever. Timeshare. <laughs> yeah. Big old plot of land, houses for everybody on it, big massive building for everyone's collections. All right. Plug the um, Patreon. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Oh, shit, it's coffee. two hours already. God damn this. Go Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. It's lunchtime here, boys. Yes. Yeah, it's- dinner time here so yeah, my weekly got... monday sandwich run yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i'm looking forward to it so um all right well yeah i guess we'll we'll wrap this up and uh we'll say thanks for everyone joining um we'll catch everybody next week for this we're doing it every monday and uh let's see here i want to give this a shot because eric you've been you've been doing it good closing it out hitting good. all the the boxes and i know i can't do it all i know i can't but I'm going to, you try. got it. I, I got believe faith in, in you. Yes. So, and I do have to use my fingers to count cause I'm, yeah. um, <laughs> there's the OG. There's Morelli Python radio. Of course. There's this one carpets and coffee. There's carpet cliff notes. Mm-hmm. There's the field herping podcast. Mm-hmm. There's humans of herpetoculture. Right. There's Collybrid corner. There's, mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, the Monitor Keeping podcast that just came out. Yeah. There's Herp History podcast. Yep. And then we've got two more coming down the pipe, right? That's eight total? Yes. Yeah. Did I forget any? Did you do the one with the S's? Student of the Serpent? Oh, I didn't. Student <laughs> of the Serpent, <laughs> number nine. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And then I think that's it, right? Did you say Collibrid Corner? I did. I did. I almost forgot. I would my hope own. you would have. I almost <laughs> forgot my own show. Yeah, yeah. So that's all of them, plus maybe one or two more coming down the pipeline. And uh, so that's the NPR network. Uh, as far as all of our content and shows uh, audio wise go, but don't forget, we are also on YouTube. We are going to be slowly but surely posting a lot of the podcast episodes on YouTube if people prefer to listen to them there. Um, All the podcasts should be available after today on all of your major platforms, including Apple Podcasts and everything. Don't forget to check out our website, MoreliaPythonRadio.com now. Yes. Um, Yep. And then uh, there's the Facebook group, the NPR Network Community Facebook group. And then there's our Patreon uh, page as well. You can either buy us a cup of coffee for five bucks a month, or you can join the second tier, which is the inland tier, which is 10 bucks a month and gets you uh, exclusive access to what do we decide? Once monthly, private, one hour exclusive uh, video chats, Q&A style uh, with the NPR host crew including owen yeah uh, of course <laughs> and i think that's everything um for me you can find me on youtube under riley jimison or on all the socials under riley's reptiles and uh, that's all i've got for y'all today nailed it 
right? Yeah, pretty good, man. Pretty Ten good. points. No, no. Re- record that and just tuck it in in, in the episodes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Make a little commercial. Hello, Get I'm it. Riley from Riley's Reptiles. <laughs> oh, we could even film something super eccentric, <laughs> full, of, full of khaki and bad accents. And I'm Lucas, <laughs> Owen's favorite intern. <laughs> Uh, He'll be in a cro- I've got a croc suit actually at the shop, an inflatable crocodile we suit. It. We'll put you in it and I'll, <laughs> I'll wrestle you. Oh, like a really cheap green screen, and Owen just comes out and switch. <laughs> what are the odds uh, we could get Owen to wear a Sasquatch suit? Zero. <sighs> All right. If I probably right. got him drunk, I probably. I mean, so, I some, some bribery. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. I know it. how Excellent. to get it. We go yeah. to the fiance. <laughs> oh. uh, yes. That's how you make it happen. The old bribery squeeze. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're doing it. Stay tuned, folks, because right. this is going to be some video gold. Perfect. It'll happen. If you want to see my stuff, some trailing exotics, uh, it's pretty much just blackhead pictures at this point, but I'm going to try to <laughs> snap out of that soon. But uh, yeah, check it out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to promote the EB Morelia thing. Just go find NPR and then you can follow us from there. Yeah. yeah. If you're here, yeah. you've, you've already been following. Yeah. So yeah. awesome. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. Well, wraps up and concludes another episode of carpets and coffee coffee's all finished it's time for lunchtime or dinner or okay. whatever you're eating or whatever you're listening wherever you are eat something drink something and maybe slow down on the caffeine because i'm like way too <laughs> yeah last off last off chat guys all right, all right. thanks See everybody you. adios Bye.